Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today once again by Eric Smith. Oh, I'm back. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. How was your nice 30-second break we just took between uh, I did episodes? Some, I did some work. Yeah? Um, Had a drink of my drink. I don't know if I like it. What what did you get? I got I got a um it's a it's called a matcha soy milk latte. Ew! I mean that doesn't sound great. I mean it's fine. I just don't know. I think I just like coffee. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to try something new. I always get the same thing, so I was like, I want to try something new. So it's like a green tea latte. I see people ordering it all the time, so I thought I'd see what the hype is all about and. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's not bad. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I don't think I would go back for it. Yeah. We'll take that, Starbucks. Yeah. You're it's, not Eric Smith recommended. I think I just like coffee. Um, I, I'm the same way. Anytime I go to a place and I just get regular coffee with like a splash of almond milk, I'm like, why do I pay $6 yeah. for fucking fancy beverages? This is great. Yes. This does the job. Yeah. It's fine. I'm an idiot, everyone. That's what I'm trying I want to say. a treat. If I do, I get a I get a London fog. Yeah. I like those. Those are fine, but it's like, yeah, I don't want that all the time. Yeah. Um I was checking to see if I had any more updated pop culture recommendations. And I don't because I said this on last uh yesterday's episode. I've been listening to I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we were supposed to have a meeting at the UCB training center on Saturday at 12. Yeah. Um, so we all got there at 12 and then the person we were supposed to meet with messaged me and said, Oh my God, I forgot about the meeting. <laughs> so then I was like three and a half hours early Yeah. for practice. So I was with Chloe and Chloe had been talking about wanting to get a guitar she wants to learn how to play. And I was like, do you just want to go buy you a fucking guitar? She was like, yeah. So we walked to 44th Street to Guitar Center. Yeah. Um, oh, that Guitar Center is just a fucking nightmare. It wasn't too bad when we were there. Um, I mean, the acoustic room is a nightmare because everybody is in there playing guitars. So it yeah. sounds, I told Chloe, I'm like, this is must. This must be what it's like to be insane. Because <laughs> yeah. just like hearing all the different music and like people somebody was singing and i was like oh my god somebody made a song one time that was just like a field recording of the Times square guitar center really because like especially like peak times it'll just be like 20 guys with guitars all playing like fucking acdc or some bullshit yeah so uh chloe has a guitar now that's what i'm trying to say look out an acoustic guitar it's acoustic electric yeah Mm. Yeah. Okay. She wanted an electric option. Okay. Yeah. You might be teaching her how to play, sir. I could do that. She said she might ask you. It's down to you or Shem. Shem's probably a better guitar teacher because I only sort of tangentially know how to play guitar. Yeah. I've, I started pl- my. <laughs> I started on bass. I remember. I forget. Oh, I think I was testing um, my Skype video, mm-hmm. and I skyped Lindsay. And I saw in the background, Lindsay and Shem live together. And I saw in the background, I was like, does Shem have six guitars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the first time I was like, oh, he's like a serious guitar player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to learn how to play more instruments. I really want to learn how to play banjo. 
Yeah. It's real hard. Banjo is harder than regular guitar. I think so. Yeah. Why is that? Because the it's strings. In a, it's in a non-standard tuning. Yeah. That you're like, if you play bass or if you play like, people just get accustomed to the way like basses and guitars are tuned. So you just learn, you just pick up a bunch of stuff that way. So this is like a non-traditional way. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like you could be a passable guitar player if you just learned your major and minor chords and just like learn like. I, that's what I did. I just learned enough to like play, but I can't like, I'm not like a serious guitarist. Like I couldn't play like classical guitar or anything, but like banjo is like all like picking. It's all fast. Like, right, right. I mean, most people, you've probably heard banjo music before. I've heard banjo music. Like, what the fuck do you think you're talking to? I'm sure you have. I have. Uh, But that's like all banjo. <laughs> it's like, that's what banjos do. It's like, that's what it's made for. Is that kind of like, bluegrassy you know type stuff so it's like it's just hard it's just a hard instrument yeah uh so chloe got a guitar and then we had practice and i won't recap improv scenes because is there anything more boring in the world i will say we did have a we had an insane practice just insane it was very fun so good yeah it was i left there very silly so good you left there eric was so happy he left without his backpack Mm -hmm. just ran out of the room i just ran i got all the way down to the street and i was like i feel light (laughs) i was like i feel good and then i was like unburdened yeah (laughs) i was like i think i went to get something and i was like oh i don't oh i don't have any of my stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) so funny um yeah so i you know what uh thought just popped into my head because I was talking with someone uh, the other day about this. What's your favorite movie to like catch on television? Like when they're showing it. Oh. You're like, oh, yes, this, this, yes, great. This will be on in the background. I like this one. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I know. God, I'm good at this. Uh, it, uh, I should so have my own show. It very Wait rarely happens anymore because I don't watch TV. Yeah. Um... Honestly, I do. I have no idea why, but you want to know the first thing that popped in my head? Independence Day. I, I'm not kidding. I was going to say Independence <laughs> Day. I'm not kidding. It's so... And it doesn't matter where you come in on no, it. No, it's just so hammy and, like, fun. And, like, you don't have to, like, pay attention to it. And, like, every scene is good. And it's, it's always like classic. on. Yeah. It's always on. I think Independence Day is my answer and also Bridesmaids. Oh yeah, Bridesmaids is good. And it's always on. Right. Yeah. Um I'll always watch Goodwill Hunting if it's on. Oh, that's interesting. It's a little too sad for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I like But yeah, typically indi- silly or big budget. Indiana Jones. I like the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, they don't really play that a lot though. Oh, you know what? This is like my also like Oh man! Oh no! I have an answer. This is like my biggest like guilty pleasure movie that everybody gives me shit for. <laughs> what? I fucking love National Treasure. Oh my god! <laughs> That's like I love it so. I've seen that movie an embarrassing amount of times. I've watched it so much. That's like so bad for me. I have like a threshold of badness I can put up with. Like Independence Day is not a great movie yeah. for the time it was visually spectacular, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. it's, like very, clas- it's like a classic movie. I it's think. super cheesy. Yeah. It's like all that stuff, but like that is kind of my threshold for how bad something can be. National Treasure is like a different sphere. I love it so much. I've watched it 
like I said, an embarrassing amount of time. I've seen wow. it so much. I could probably wow. recreate the movie. I prefer to remember Nicolas Cage in, um, oh shit, what is it called? Um, Leaving Las Vegas? No. Uh, Charlie Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Um, the hell was that movie called? I don't remember. Ugh, God, that's going to kill me. Keep talking. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, I, but that's my favorite type of movie is like kind of heisty, like... Um, I love heist films. Like, yeah. Well, ki- yeah, I do like heist films, but like, kind of like that, like journey, like, like. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I also love. That's why I love, like, specifically Indiana Jones, National Treasure, and The Da Vinci Code. Even though I don't, I don't think The Da Vinci Code is a great movie, but I love any like, you know, those movies that revolve around like deep conspiracies and puzzles and like yes. adventure quests. Those types of things I mm-hmm. love, and like dealing with like history is so I love that adaptation. Oh, adaptation! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great in that. Yeah, um, um, he's a people give him shit. He's a good actor. No, he's legitimately a good actor. He just does a ton of shitty films, and he does so many films. I was just he on takes his, so much. He takes so that's much. That's the work. thing. If you take that many he's jobs, not, you're gonna do a lot of shit films. Um, but he's getting that money. Well, like, yeah. It's, I just it, checked his IMDb page and I was like, what are so these? Many movies, yeah. yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis has been in like nine films. Yeah, because he's like an artist. Yeah. Like, he, re- he really is. Where he, he's very, very picky and now he is retired, supposedly. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, uh, that, uh, that number might be up, but it's only like 11 now or something. He's only been in like a very small number of movies because he's like, is very choosy and then he yes. picks one. And then he, like, g- like spends like a year prepping before the movie, and like I mean, like I think it sucks to shame someone like Nicolas Cage for taking a lot of work because it's like the dude has to pay bills, right? I don't think I, don't, I yeah, I don't consider it shamey. I just like I think it's just like a trade off. It's like anything. It's like I feel like it's like anything. Like in any line of work, it's like statistically speaking the more you do of something there's going to be shitty things of that there's sure. going to be shitty versions of that like sure yeah it like that's the whole point it's like you not everything you do is going to be perfect and like if you do a lot of work i don't know everything i do is pretty perfect oh that's true just personally speaking um i think every episode i've ever done yeah is golden uh speaking of uh quality over quantity right i my 1800 plus episode <laughs> <laughs> episode podcast i just ended um but yeah. The thing is, like, doing that kind of stuff, like, doing a lot of work is, like, a great way to, like, it's a great way. To, I think there's a, a certain level, there, there's a good version of that, which is, that, like, I think you should do a lot of work because I think for all the shitty stuff you do, doing more work is going to lead to, like, the one great thing. And typically, sure. that's what people get remembered for. If you do like if if Nicholas Nicholas Cage has done shitty movies, whether or not he was good in them or not, like the right. movies themselves may have not been good, but like I think people will remember like those those roles that, like the Leaving Las Vegas or adaptation or yes. those types of things. Like yeah. that's what you get remembered for is the great thing you do. And I think you don't get there unless you do a lot of work. What do you think, Penny? I agree. Yeah. Um You know what I mean? Like yes, it's like for sure. Penny if you ask for food 50 times a day, 
Listen to this, Penny. Listen to what he's saying. You're going to get it a couple times. But if you don't ask, you won't get it. Oh, I thought you were going to tell her to stop asking me so much for no, food. No, Penny, keep asking. Oh, damn it. Don't no, tell her true. that. Um, uh, so, you know who I worry about like a lot in terms of saying yes to way too many projects? Like legacy-wise? Yeah. Who's that? Tom Hardy. Oh, man. He's such a good actor, but he says yes to everything. But here's the thing about Tom Hardy, though, is that... He does a lot of work, but I don't think he's ever been anything that was like true. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong because I don't watch a ton of movies. Like, I don't think he's had any like huge flops that people make fun of. Lies. He was in that fucking Reese Witherspoon movie. Um, Oh, God. Why can't I remember anything today? Um, It has war in the title. Um, And Chris Pine is in it. Another fucking great actor. Yeah. What is, what oh, is Tom this? Hardy has said in interviews he hated making this movie. And he was movie? miserable the entire time. Um, do do do. Please hold. You haven't done that many movies. Where's it at? This means war. This means war. And it is literally. Oh, is it the movie where they're like fighting over her? Yes, and they're both. Oh, I do remember. They're that. both like spies or something. Uh huh. Um, and it's. First of all, like they break into her, he like breaks into her home at one point. It's really creepy. Like, it's like they surveil her. It's really, really like, and it, yeah, the whole thing is it's a pissing contest between these two dudes. Okay, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I remember seeing the trailer for that. Truly a horrific. Okay, well, movie. I was wrong. He's been in some stinkers, he but has. but he's also been in like fucking classics. Already. But also, like, I don't. But his legacy is not. That he's a bad actor. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have, like... There are people that generally think Nicolas Cage is a bad bad actor. actor. Yeah, true. Because he's done some arguably weird roles in some bad films, you know? And, like, you know, there's certain films where he does come off kind of weird and, like, not a great actor. But, like, I don't think... I mean, Tom Marty, I don't... You know, whatever bad movies he's done, he has a reputation of being a good actor. Or being a good actor, right. Um, Eric Bana was kind of that way. Like, he was in Chopper, which... He was oh, yeah. so good in Chopper. Yeah. People were like, this guy's amazing. He's going to be the next A-lister. Yeah. And then he did some really, really bad movies because he like he doesn't know which projects to say yes to. Right. And then he like went away for a long time. And now like he's kind of coming back a little bit, but he really dropped off the radar. It's such a hard thing, though. I, I honestly don't know how Daniel Day-Lewis did it. Um like, how did he survive? I don't know. He, you know what? I think he does a lot of theater, though. I was right? going to say, I think he's a stage actor. Yeah, which yeah. also, like, if you do that kind of stuff, that also lends to, like, when you do your first movie, you already have a reputation of being a good actor, so you're not, like... Cause, like when ben Wishaw first... does that. Ben Wishaw does a ton of theater. Yeah. And then he'll... Yeah, like, I think he pays his bills with the James Bond movies. Yeah. So he can say, like, yes to tiny little theater productions. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of, like, you can... Once you... But it... I think that's similar. It's just that you're not doing your bad work in front of, it's not recorded and put out there forever. It's like, you know, I'm sure they've all done shitty plays because you have to, anytime you're starting an adventure of any kind, like whether it be like starting a business or like big, you know, doing an art form or something, it's like, you got to suck at it for a while. Um, it's just that some people choose art forms where you suck at it and it's like recorded and put out That's for a good everyone point. to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, no, yeah. I mean, I guess the idea is by the time you're in a major film, you're good already. Yeah. Um, you're not in your like well, student 
art yeah, film, mean, yeah. Yeah, theoretically, they wouldn't be hiring you for you. You know, they wouldn't be hiring you for that movie unless you were, had some talent to get the part in the first place. Sure. Um, but, like, yeah, it's just so, it's so, yeah, it's so interesting that, like, that's how it works. And then there's, like, people, like, you know, like, in com- like you could do comedy for a long time and, you know, bomb forever without really developing a reputation because, like, different people see you every night and like right, right. you know what i mean like you know it's not you're not taping everything and putting it out there for everyone to see um, well, yeah i mean really big comics um it's interesting stand-up comedy is one of the only arts where even if you're very good if you are working out new material it can be rough and bad which is why a lot of very famous comics um hate when people film them Yes. Because, like, if they're trying something new, it's like, this is not a finished product. I don't want it up on the internet right now. Um, But it is one of the only, like, you can be Chris Rock, but if he writes a new joke and it bombs, it's like, that doesn't mean he's not amazing. It's one of the only art forms I know of, and I don't, you know, I don't do it, um, but it's one of the only art forms where it's like, by definition, because of the way the art form is, which is like saying something and seeing if audiences laugh at it. Mm you have to do your bad work in front of an audience. Yes. Whereas like if you're a writer, you write something, you show it to people, but it's like you're showing it to other writers. You're showing your it around editor. to like your friends. And yeah. it's like, and cause yeah, like most writers, your first draft is fucking garbage. Oh yeah. Your and eighth draft. Yeah. Is garbage. It's like, but like if you're like a writer, like a newspaper writer or like a, or like a TV writer or something, it's like, you write this draft alone, you send it to an editor and they're like, okay, this is bad, but here's like the salvageable parts. And that's part of, that's that part of the business where mm-hmm. it's like, you have to accept, I mean, that was one of the hardest things for me to get over is like, just the idea. It's like, cause I don't like, you know, failing, you know, obviously like most people. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's really hard to be like, I know this is bad, but I have to just like print it and give it to somebody yes. and let them tell me it's bad and eat that. But then, like, they're not telling you it's bad to be, like, you're a bad person. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, this is not ready to go, but here are the salvageable parts that yeah. we can work around and create something that is good. That's, I mean, writing is 90% editing, yeah. which I hated that when I found that out. Oh, I was like, I know. no, I like the art of creating. I don't want to yeah. revisit this ever. And it's like, oh, well, then you're not a writer. You have right. to go yeah, back yeah, and yeah, actually, yeah. like, work on it. Yeah, so what, that's what makes stand-up so unique and weird and terrifying is <laughs> that like your editing process is going up at a show yeah and, like getting I mean, feedback from the audience and like even like sketch comedy writing you yeah rewrite that so many times that you get to the point where you're like this is not funny and it's not good and that one of my sketch teachers uh when i got to 301 and we actually started doing shows she said that she's like you're gonna you're gonna hate it and think it's not funny just know that it is funny so yeah Oh, I had um, (laughs) a good anecdote for this is um, you saw me work on a character piece for three months Uh just with a group of like three people of like Uh you, me, another friend of ours and like a like a like a coach Uh worked on a piece for like three months of just like only performing it for you guys, editing it, you know, based on what was hitting and what wasn't Mm -hmm. re-performing it the next week, re-editing it just like sharpening it and sharpening it, getting it down to like a finalized piece. And it was like doing well. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I went and did it at a show and it like was complete silence. Yeah, that's crazy. And like, and it's, it was, it's so subjective too. Cause I remember 
I think it was a different character of yours that did well, but there was one line that like I loved so much. Yeah. And I was like, you can't cut it. I love it. And then you did it and it didn't get anything. And I was like outraged. Yeah. I was like, that's so funny. Yeah. Like to me, it's so funny. Yeah. But like, and then other lines that like didn't get big laughs from us got huge laughs. It's when you so performed strange. It. That's what's so weird about I doing characters. It's a different reaction every single time. Every time. And like different. certain lines get a laugh and I'm like, really? Like, uh, yeah. it's so weird. That's what's cool about it. There's a lot of, uh, I've noticed in characters a lot of times, things that I write that I don't consider to be jokes that I'm just like, oh, I need like filler. Like I need stuff to like, fill this out into like a like flesh this out into like a real person so Mm -hmm. i like add in stuff that i think is just like reality building huge laughs Mm -hmm. on like stuff that are not jokes there's like no punchline it's just like oh i think that's kind of like improv though you know when you just say something like if you're a character but then you just say something that you the person think yeah it's like i'm just saying this because it's true and then it gets a huge laugh i think because people just like identify with it they're like oh my god me too it's so strange anyway guys um while we're still i guess technically in the pop culture section (laughs) i wanted to talk about sally Cohn. oh man um sally regular guest on the steven crowder show Cone. i man i have such a rant about this woman building up inside me (laughs) we'll get to it in a second but uh just some background uh, there was controversy recently. Um, Amanito Sal, is that how you say her name? Oh, I apologize. You are braver than I. I, um, can, I, I. There's no way I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's how I pronounce it. Yeah. Um, so. Aminato? I don't know. She tweeted recently about uh, an incident where <laughs> Sally Cohn quotes her in her new book. Uh, the Opposite of Hate, A Field Guide to Repairing Our Humanity. All right. Uh, that sounds that's a horrible already, title. Already um, I'm off board. So Sal tweets um, that she is quoted in this book, and this is what Sally writes about her. My friend, writer Amanito Sal, has cautioned that there's a compounding unfairness, even oppression, in expecting the most marginalized among us to take the high road. Quote, why is it black women are always asked to do the work? Amanita chides one day as we're in a cab and I'm telling her about my book. Once you're provoked, the rules of engagement change, she adds, and I can fucking kill you and I'm justified in doing that, metaphorically speaking. Now that is quite a quote. Yeah. Um, Very incendiary very um intense Mm -hmm. so and it's it's i i uh, agree with that you know like uh, in terms of like asking marginalized people to like do all that i totally agree with it but that that's a really intense that's a that's a very intense like that that is a a very in your face intense quote that you're saying this person is putting out there for the world to see so you would definitely say get consent to use it <laughs> or permission to use it. So Sal, so Sal uh, tweets um, where she basically said, uh, I, I do remember when we had that interaction, but she remembers things uh, very differently. One is that they're not friends. They like met at some gathering um two and this is like a little thing but 
it just like speaks to Sally Cohn's mentality. It wasn't a cab. It was right. a car service. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like in my mind, she threw in the cab thing to look more like an every woman. Yes. Um, and then also um, she doesn't remember saying that. And she certainly didn't give her permission to use that quote in the book. Yeah. Um, whether it happened or not is beside the point in my head. It's just that she didn't ask for permission to use the quote. It doesn't matter what she said. I mean, <coughs> you know, it's, you know, I, I'm not a journalist. I, I don't, I've never been in that world. So I'm not necessarily like up to date on what the ethics of those things are, you know, in terms of like how, what the normal procedure is for like that. But I would imagine like if you're just chatting with someone, there would have to at least at one point be a conversation like, oh, can I quote you on that? Can I use that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or after the fact, like, hey, do you remember when we had this conversation? I would like to put it in my book. Do you mind if I quote you on this or can I use, you know, a sentiment of that sort? Yeah. At and some point you should talk to them about it. You definitely. And like, it's so weird that, like, I remember when I wrote a book, um, they have a legal department that calls you and they have somebody on the phone with you who's like, did this person give permission for this to be used? And, and like you have to be as like the author to be like, yes. Yeah. So either they didn't check with her or Sally Cohn lied and said she was cool with it. Either well, way, it's sloppy as hell. Well, Sally on Twitter, cause, uh, the, this writer put on Twitter, like started like screenshots yes. of the book and was like, I didn't give her permission to use this. Yeah. Uh, and, Sally wrote some very passive aggressive tweet that was like, I respect you so much. You definitely gave me permission to use it. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were chatting on the record. I took notes. Like, so what? that was another thing. Like it's, it's so difficult to prove something like this because then Sally Cohn, um, like posted, like she typed out the notes she took on her phone supposedly, which again, I don't know, Sally, if I had somebody like, in a car taking notes on their phone. I like I think Amanita would remember that and then also have been like, right, I said it was okay for you to say like use that. Yeah. And like anyway. I but like at then people were like, how do we know those are the notes from when you actually like spoke with her? Or did you just type them up? You know what I mean? Like it's hard to prove when she wrote them. Yeah. Is there not also like I mean I like again, I don't know anything about like quotations and, and official like like journalism pieces or books or whatever, but like do they not use like releases or anything? Like when a book like this comes out, be like you yeah, give your permission I, to like I think appear de- in the book. Yeah, it depends. And like, um, you know, you can email people, and then you have something with a timestamp on it. I, I mean, if I was going to do something like this, I would. I feel like I would be paranoid about that. Yeah, and I'd be like, I want, would like it in writing. I do that at my job where the state there are no stakes. Right. Just like if you ask for a service, I want it. I don't do things over the phone. I'm like, I'm going to email you right. so that there's written documentation of everything we spoke about. Cause it's like, if there's an issue, I don't want to just be like, yeah, we talked about it on the phone. Remember, you know right. what I mean? Like I want to like, I want to have it written down and documented. So my rant about Sally Cohn is she is like famous for being a serial apologizer. Yeah. Where like, she'll say something or get in trouble for something. And then she's like, she falls all over herself apologizing. And then like people forget. And then she fucking does it again. Yeah. Um, she also, yeah, she goes on right-wing TV and, like, radio and is, like, the token liberal. and Yeah. She's just, she's 
terrible. Like I wish people <laughs> stopped following her. I actually, I messaged her a while ago. She used to retweet me all the time mm-hmm. and I would just get these like hateful people coming after me. Yeah. And I messaged her. I was like, can you never retweet me please? <laughs> yeah. So she just stopped retweeting me. But like, I don't think she follows me anymore, but yeah, I just am not a fan. Yeah. It's so, she's so shitty. And like, yeah. you could have made the point without quoting this person. But then she wouldn't have like that's see that's a black woman to use as a shield. That's yeah. the most incendiary part of it. It's like it feels like she did this specifically because it was like a to give yourself cred, right? You're like this person is my friend, which is another thing that the writer like she was like that's we shared said, yeah, a card yeah. once. We're we're not friends. We're not friends. It was like, not a cab. <laughs> it was yeah, a, it's like a car ride service. We're not friends. Like, and it's just like the whole that's what that type of stuff is like what it makes me think like oh she's just doing this because she wants the cred of like yeah i have friends who are like prominent black female writers and i'm going to attribute the most controversial part of this chapter to a black woman so i'll use her as a shield yeah Yeah, it's just like it's it's yeah it's a way of dodging the blame for the idea of like oh i want to say this but i don't want to have people come after me Right. And, and say even even though it's a good idea it's a good thought but it's like it is, i yeah. don't want the backlash so i'm gonna go like oh yeah i know one of my friends said I'm just it. quoting I, my very good black friend yeah um so it's like on playing one side of like i get the cred that my friends are these prominent you know black feminist writers and like the other side is like oh but i can't take blame for anything that's said because right. i'm gonna deflect all of the heat i'm getting onto these <laughs> these already marginalized people i'm gonna send these right-wing trolls their way because yes. they're the ones who said it yeah um and like to me that's what she did on twitter too like anytime she would retweet me it was like her sort of throwing me out there to yeah. these her fucking lunatic followers who then were in my mentions all day like threatening me and i was finally like can you stop doing this please <laughs> like if you agree with the ideas i'm tweeting like I don't know, come up with original thoughts and tweet them out yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, don't rip off my ideas, but stop, like, throwing me out there. Uh, so, guys, it's that time. Oh, boy. We'll get through it together. Here's your bad news. All right, so the bad news today is a <clears throat> a rape case in Ireland. Oh boy. That is getting a lot of coverage overseas. I it's not I don't think it's getting too much coverage here in the US. Uh this is the first time hearing about it. It's truly atrocious. Um so essentially there are these two rugby players um who are very famous in Ireland. Okay. Um and they've been accused of rape by a, a woman who is anonymous, or she was anonymous. Um, that's part of the problem of this story. Her name did get out to the press. Oh, great. And they blasted it everywhere, so now everybody knows who she is. Super responsible journalism. <laughs> yeah, so she um, she alleges that she was at a party, and these two uh, rugby players raped her. Um and that essentially everybody at the party knew what happened. And then one of the other rugby players gave her a ride home and said something like, keep your chin up to her. Like, really, really awful. 
Um, and the players' names are uh, Jackson and Olding, who uh, are accused of rape. And the reason that this story is so terrible is that, um, you know, the way it was handled in the press, um, the way she was treated, the victim, in mm-hmm. court. Yeah. Like, to the, it was so awful. Like, they handed around her underwear what? as evidence. Like, they examined it in the courtroom. Because part of it was that um, she was hurt during the rape and uh, said that the rape actually caused her to bleed. So the lawyers were like, well, if you were bleeding, there would be blood on your underwear. But even though that was like not true because they had been, the rugby players took off her underwear during the rape. And then she just like grabbed it and ran out. She didn't put them back on. Um, But it was used as evidence against her. So long story short, uh, the players were acquitted and, uh, you know, obviously it, it speaks to that celebrity culture, especially like athletes who are celebrities and the way they're, they're given special privileges in society. Yeah. It's so, I mean, but like they literally had her text messages where she was like, I was raped last night. Like she, from the beginning, not that it matters because some women claim that they weren't raped before they ultimately like, yeah say that they were but she was so consistent in her story that a lot of people were like how was this twisted to be used against her um and then also like uh the way she was asked to like testify in court everybody could see her face and like Mm -hmm. when in in other types of trials they like hide the witness you know yeah. Um, why she wasn't afforded more protections was um, yeah being asked by a lot of people. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that also, I guess, would depend a lot on like the Irish criminal justice system. I don't know that much about it. I don't like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they have the same protections that American courts have. Mm. The very the few that we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're good either. But I don't know anything about like their legal system and how yeah i think as bad as our legal system is rape victims are are afforded more protection yeah um sorry i i think she actually it was three rugby players oh jesus she alleged um raped her but i think um the two guys were the only ones who went to trial yeah 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 i mean it's just i don't like i like I like sports. <laughs> I think sports are fine. I'm a guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's fun to watch. But, like, I don't understand this, like, primal, like, people really invest everything they have in, like, athletes and sports stars. Yeah. To the point of, like, they'll do anything to protect them. Yeah, because it's, like, their own avatar. Yeah, you know, where they're like, I, I, I'm living out my childhood fantasies through this person I don't know, to the point where I'll defend him if he rapes a woman. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. It's just, I, I don't, yeah, it's just a level of like, yeah, there's, I mean, you see it all the time too, and it happened with like, fucking like Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or like, you know. Totally, and it, like what's scary about this is, and, like, the police came out afterwards, which was kind of extraordinary, and gave a statement where they were like, 
if you are a rape victim, you can come to us and you will be protected and taken seriously. And it's like, that's fucking rich following this trial where this poor woman Mm -hmm. was treated like she did something wrong. She actually texted a friend and she said that she she didn't want to go up against Ulster Rugby because she knew this would fucking happen. And then she was brave enough to do it. And what she was exactly afraid of happened. Mm -hmm. And then the fucking police come out and they're like, Oh, but if you come forward, you'll be protected. You'll be taken seriously. It's like, well, just hope a rugby player doesn't rape you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although, I mean, I think, I don't know what, you know, I don't know. There is a level of division between like the police and like the, the court system. I mean, there are, there is, but also then the police should be advocating for the justice system to treat this seriously. Because if their main concern... Absolutely. And also, I mean, how many cases have we heard about cops victim-blaming or cops being rapists themselves? You know, like, it is a problem with law enforcement, too. Yes, Um, of course. But if that is indeed true, then... And they want victims to come forward and they want victims to feel, like, safe. Then they should also be saying this is a travesty of justice. Yeah, that is true, yeah. You know, like, otherwise people won't come forward. It doesn't matter if the police handle it perfectly. Like, when you see something like this happen, it's like, well, fuck that. I don't want to go through that. Her name was dragged through the mud. Everybody knows who she is now. Mm -hmm. Like, this poor woman, her life is changed forever. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, definitely like not putting her like she's on trial. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that she I mean, I don't to watch like I think have she, her she, underwear handed around yeah. is like disgusting. I just mean in more in general like what do you do when you have a subjective justice system because it's what we have, mm. you know, um because it's left up to I assume this was a jury trial. I don't know, like I said, I know nothing about the Irish criminal justice I think, system. Yeah, I, I think assume it it's like a jury trial. Yeah. And so how do you how do you re- reform a system like that? Obviously there are certain like smaller things like yeah, she should I don't think it's important that she be personally known. I think you can give a statement, you know, and and a, a certain amount of evidence while remaining anonymous. All it needs to be known to Basically, she would have to be there. The judge needs to know that yeah. what that the. Per- I mean, they they should handle it how they handle when um somebody turns state evidence, state's yes. evidence, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. is testifying against the mob. They don't have them sit there in front of the people no. that they're. They just need to, you know, they have to do it privately in front of the judge, so the judge can verify it's all true. Yeah, and then once they're done with that, there's no reason they need to be in the courtroom no and she shouldn't have to hear what happened to her like be repeated over and over and over again and then hear these fucking assholes lie about it like she shouldn't have to go through that again no but in addition to those things you know it where you know she just needs to be you know like i said all that needs to be verified the judge needs to be able to verify it's true that way if there's any sort of like if there's any sort of you know inference or uh um contesting of evidence Mm -hmm. in the courtroom in front of the jury they just need to look to the judge and be like you know what is you know what i mean like is this factual or not you know right um but in addition to those things what how do what do you do for a jury system in a case that you know where you have 
because you know a lot of rape cases don't have like there's not like a video there's not some sort of like evidence you can just go this you well, know that's, what I mean? that's like, what was so extraordinary about this case where it was like they did have the text messages and they they, those, they did yeah. have like uh, correspondences between the rugby players trying to get their story together right and they yeah. had an, a rugby player who drove her home who didn't participate in it who knew she was raped yeah. and who went back and said to them this is really bad guys yeah, this is yeah, bad yeah. um so like they had a ton of that kind of evidence where it's like they might as well have written a confession um and still they got off yeah so yeah um what do you do i mean I, I don't know if there's an answer. I'm just like, what do you do if, like, you can have all that evidence and still a jury is like, well, we don't know. True, yeah. You know so I, mean? I mean, like, we, you I know. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe in this case it should have been left to a judge, but then it's like the judge can be subjective as well. Um, it's so. I guess it's just, like, the, the long, hard slog of, like, reforming It's got to be a cultural and, change, yeah, I think. Yeah, and especially in Ireland. I mean, Ireland is, like, very very sexist in in many ways it's very masculine, um, very like masculine culture, culture yeah. yeah um i mean how many stories have we heard like horrific stories about women having to travel to different countries out of ireland to get an abortion yeah like it's very very i do think one thing that people in in this effort to do like a big cultural change that's more victim focused i think you have one thing that people have to start really accepting as a reality and stop and stop like you have to people have to got to understand that a court of law the purpose is not to find the it just sounds crazy the purpose of a court of law is not to find the truth right it's two opposing sides looking to win right that's how it's designed yeah we i think a lot of times we think that the point is to get to what the truth of the matter is. Well, also in popular culture, courtroom scenes are always portrayed as like, there's some magical piece of evidence yeah. that's presented it's where it's like, here is the truth. It's not. And everyone's like, ah, or somebody yeah. like breaks down on the stand and yep. they're like, you're right. I did and kill him. Yeah. That never happens. It never happens. And, and that's not even, it's not like there, I've, there, there are cases where like, you'll see like, judges or lawyers being like i know what that this happened but we don't have the concrete evidence right. like i mean even now like that we're learning more and more about dna evidence yeah. that used to be the magic magical thing they would hold up and, and now say, you can't use that either yeah, like <laughs> there's so many cases where there's been contamination there's yeah. been like you know so a like, lot of the csi shit turns out not to be accurate yeah. we've got to accept the fact that a courtroom is just like it's a war it's a war between two sides Mm -hmm. and there's no the the idea is not that we're look i mean you know you want to believe that both sides are looking for the truth of the matter but that's just not true right and 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 honestly like i'm glad that defense lawyers exist like people should have a defense we need more defense lawyers yeah you know what i mean like yeah and you need you need someone and yes there are people who commit crimes and they get defense lawyers and they get off and like that is, it sucks when that happens. And there are, you know, there are occasionally you'll find, you know, but like you need an advocate. And I think we have to accept, we just have to accept the reality that a courtroom is just two warring sides yeah. that, are, that are looking to win. It's not about what's true and what's not true. It's just about winning. And once you accept that, then you can start to work on like, okay, how do we reform a society where when you pick this jury of 12 people that we do accept 
these forms of evidence as as real and we believe victims when they say that these things happen and they have this pattern of evidence yeah. where like they text it on the night that it happened or the next morning like you know what i mean like we that's what i think we have to focus on is like getting the society to just believe victims and like cuz i think the problem is like they see those they see that evidence of like someone texting the next morning and being like i was raped and the first thought is not like wow she would probably do that if she was raped. It's just like, it's that, that whole like reasonable doubt thing of like, well, it, it, who knows? It you know is I mean? also like, a cultural thing where immediately people go to, she shouldn't have been drinking. She shouldn't have been alone exactly, with rugby players. Yeah. So it is like an education thing too, like educating people to rape culture, educating people to yeah. consent, how it is never, ever, ever okay to rape someone, even if she was naked at a of party. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. You don't rape people. I think, like, I honestly think, like, w- always we should be looking for legal reforms. And I think, like, those types of things we were mentioning earlier, like, treating these victims, unless they want to, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know everybody's case. There might be some people that want to go to a court and face their accuser. Yeah, and, like, for sure. And if, if they want that, they should like, have you know, yeah, point the them opportunity, out. yeah. I think they should have the opportunity, but also they should have the opportunity to be like, I don't want to like have to be seen in front of these people, especially when you're dealing with famous yeah. athletes who are like, like, you know, versus somebody else who's not famous and is, you know what I mean? It's she like, no power. Yeah. yeah. It's like, they should be allowed to just, let me verify all this information in front of a judge. Yeah. Like all we need to do is agree that of what my statement is and that this, these text messages actually came from my phone. Like once we've ever verified all that, I don't need to be here. And if, and if, and, and you know, like in the United States, we have this doctrine of like, you need to be able to face your accuser and, you know, and, and cross examine them. Yeah. That can all be done in private. Right. And, right. and the, the results of all that can be examined later. There's no reason this needs to be done in front of like a, uh, the the gallery of people that are just watching the the trial, right? And the jury, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it can all be done. I in mean, private. also, this is the worst part, maybe. Uh, but also during the trial, it came out that as these like three dudes are raping her, a woman walked into the bedroom. Yeah, and I think one of them was like, "Do you want to join?" And she was like, "No," and then left. Oh my god! What the fuck? Even if you're a hundred percent sure a woman is at a, a party. Having consensual sex with three guys, which I'm, I'm no judgment. I like that can happen. I'm sure, it happens. Just a quick like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like, is this? Are you consenting right now? Mm-hmm. Like, just to have another woman be like, yeah, not doing anything. It's like, fuck you, bitch. You I know? think that really speaks to like the cultural sentiment yeah. of like, yeah, she was part of it too. Where it's like that celebrity worship. Like, I want to be a cool girl. I want to get invited to the rugby parties. Well, I think there's that, and also I think there is a very big uh, cultural understanding that if 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 you were to like catch a celebrity sleeping with somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, that other person must be wanting it because it's a celebrity. Exactly. Like, who wouldn't want to sleep with a celebrity? You Three know what I mean? Like players. Oh, you know, it's her dream. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, no. I think there's like this big cultural like, oh, well, obviously she wanted it because like, right. what? Uh, who wouldn't? These are yeah. like the three most famous people in Ireland. So like, right. of course, right? You know? Right. Um. So the other piece of bad news I have today is this <laughs> fucking governor of Kentucky, oh Matt Bevan. This uh, dude is the. God the damn worst. worst. So Even before this, this dude was just the fucking worst. We've been covering the uh, uh, growing number of teacher strikes and protests for um, 
properly funded public education uh, for salary increases, stuff like that. So Matt uh, Bevan came out and said um, that the teachers, because they are protesting um, and, and kids, you know, whenever they are striking, aren't in school, um, indicated that the teachers are responsible for the inevitable sexual assault or poisoning of children left home alone in his state because school was out. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I mean, like, Jesus Christ. He I mean, said, say- I guarantee you somewhere in Kentucky today, a child was sexually assaulted that was left at home because there was nobody there to watch them. And you know what? Let's let's follow this 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 line of logic sure. right let's like do it let's say he's right there's a lot of people i'm sure that might have happened you know what i mean like okay. could have happened it's possible okay let's say he's right this is coming from a guy who also like wants people to work 16 hours a day yep uh you know what i mean like uh, he doesn't believe in 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 raising the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. He wants people to work until they can't move. Right. Um, wants to cut government funded after school programs. Mm-hmm. Early, you know, sure. early programs. Doesn't want to pro- like if you if that's your logic, then you should be you should want kids to be out of the house all day. You should be, t- you know what I mean? Like, right. if you're also going to be from this, like, incredibly poor state. I have so many friends in Kentucky. I love it to death. I love that place. Yeah. So much. But, like, you know, it's an incredibly poor place. Yep. And these people are working themselves to death. And, like, designed to be poor. Yes. Yeah. And, like, and he's constantly, like, cutting, you know, cutting these, like, assistance programs. Yes. Like, you obviously don't give a fuck about these No, kids. not at all. And, like, I mean... Yeah, and just, like, the nefarious link of basically accusing teachers of sexual assault. Because that's really what you're doing there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're saying that someone else is maybe doing the, the sexual assaulting. But really what you're saying is that teachers are guilty of sexual assault because they're yeah. fighting for better conditions. Yeah. And, like, it is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's just the biggest... He's such a piece of shit. And if you're so worried about it, if that's what you're worried about, then just give him the fucking raise. Right. And then it's over. And then they go back to school. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, so, guys, before you go off to the rest of your day, here's your good news. So, guys, your good news. Um, A judge has ruled that transgender people are a protected class and the military can't enact the Trump ban against them. Oh, man. Uh, uh, This is a federal judge. Uh, Late Friday, um, Judge Marsha Peckman of the Western District of Washington uh, said that... um, She barred the federal government from implementing the ban, finding that the ban had to be subject to a careful court review before implementation because of the history of discrimination against transgender individuals. Um, 
she said they're a protected class and that the injunctions against the implementation of the ban that that had been used in December should remain in place. She wrote that there was a long and well-recognized history of discrimination and systematic oppression against transgender people, that discrimination against transgender people was clearly unrelated to their ability to perform and contribute to society, that transgender people have immutable characteristics, and that they lacked relative political power. Wow. Yeah, I mean... This happened on Friday? Yes. Oh, great. I cannot wait to see the freak out on this (laughs) week of conservative news shows. Sure. And that this is, like, the biggest threat in the world as, like, the Syrian strikes are happening. she makes up a good point. It's, It's so interesting to me... I don't know. I don't know if we should get into this during the good news portion. <laughs> I, I think this is a good news story. I just find it so interesting that like, whenever stuff like this happens, it happens with like when they wanted it to, when they just wanted to let women serve on the front lines yes. and stuff like it, that. It like has to be the military. <laughs> like, well, it's the military. But like, what I find interesting is that conservatives have, would have you believe that they don't they don't like identity politics. Mm-hmm. They only care about objective measures. And it's like, okay, well, let them take the tests. And if mm-hmm. they pass, then let them do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. if, you, if you claim that you don't care about this stuff, that you don't buy identity politics, that all that matters is whether you can do the job or not. Yeah, that's interesting. They always say that. They always say that. They said that about affirmative action. They say it about, it's like, right. it's all, only about who the best candidate is. And then it's like, okay, well, then let transgender people serve. And if they do a good job, then they do a good job. Like, yeah. who fucking care? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's nothing logical about the transgender rights or the backlash to transgender there's rights. Nothing. It literally boils down to you're either you have really fucked up notions of gender identity and you don't really understand that uh, gender identity has nothing to do with genitalia. Mm-hmm. Um, or it literally boils down to I it. It's icky. I don't like it. I was going to use the exact phrase. Gross. It's icky. Yeah. Gross. Like it's, it's icky. I don't get it. I'm confused and it makes me nervous. I honestly think that's most of it. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I love uh, whenever, like when the, the bathroom thing happened, when there was like the whole hubbub about the, the bathroom bills. And it was it just was like a bit of a hubbub. It was a hubbub. Yeah. Um, a happening, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was like, somebody made the point is like uh trans people have been using the bathroom with you forever right you just didn't know yeah and it didn't affect you at, at all. all yeah <laughs> like that's what i mean nothing like, like nothing there's will change. no logic it's yeah. like all fear and it it's icky to me and like just panic you know where it's like there has never been a case of a transgender person sneaking into a bathroom to attack someone. But like some conservatives made up a weird fantasy where that was, would happen and people fucking believed it. Also, these are the same fucking people that are like, well, you know, gun regulations are not going to stop people from getting guns. Yeah. It's like, well, fucking putting a dumb stick figure on a bathroom door is not going to stop somebody that wants to go in the bathroom from going in there. Right. I think it's, yeah. Like, if that's your logic, if that's the logic you want to use, it's, you know, if that's the logic you want to use, then that that's the same thing. And it's not even true because gun regulations do stop people from getting guns. 
they do stop the availability from them on the street. Um, whereas, yeah, like sticking a fucking stick figure on a door is not going <laughs> to determine who goes in and who goes out. Yeah, unless you, you wanna, dummies. Like, unless you want to put a fucking police officer in front of each door and like inspect everyone that goes in there. Man, I tried to use the men's bathroom last night at a bar and the security guy freaked out. Freaked out on me. Also, all bathrooms should just be fucking closed off stalls. Yes. They're... There's no good reason to have just like open toilets with no dividers. Yes, it's, I agree. I went to a uh, one time. I went to the one time I went to like a uh, like a professional baseball game. Like when I was young, I got taken to like a an MLB game, and we went to one of the bathrooms. And there's literally it was just like a, a trough. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like what the hell guys penny is so used to the old format of my old show that when she hears me press the space bar which is like stopping recording mm-hmm. she thinks she's gonna get fed and now there are multiple segments on the show where i'm hitting the space bar yeah. a lot and she's so confused so if you hear her screaming in the background it's because she can't understand why she's not being fed yet guys i think pavlov was right i think, I think he, he had some good ideas he was on to something <laughs> I think he was on to something. I think that guy had some good ideas. Guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Please do. Please go sign up as a member to keep Light Trees and Muse going. You can do it for as little as $5 a month, guys, or a one-time donation. That's lighttreason.news. And, uh, yeah, guys, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you haven't done so yet... Go rate us on iTunes. That helps a lot as well. There's so many things. I know. There's so many ways to help the show. And I know most of you have done it. But if you haven't done it yet, it's not too late. Go do it now. I think we're like four reviews away from having 100 reviews at iTunes. That is dope. Let's get to 100. That would be really great, I think. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks for all the support. You can also upgrade your support at any time if, if you're feeling the inclination. No one's stopping you. You can no do it. No one's stopping you. I also have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. If you sign up at $5 a month or higher over there, you get to send questions that we will answer on Light Trees and News. Or just put some cash in the talons of like a carrier pigeon. Yeah. Send it our way. Maybe don't do that. I probably won't get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And while you're out there, go cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>